Hi there, I'm Sheena and this is the Lesbian Review Podcast. The podcast is a spin-off of the popular review website, thelesbianreview.com, where we review the best books, movies and music with leading lesbians by or queer women. The goal of this podcast is to bring you closer to the best queer media and give you access to interviews with people who are behind the scenes in creating it. Today I'm joined by the fabulous Tara Scott, who is a fellow reviewer at The Lesbian Review. She also does reviews at like various other sites and she does the Les Do Books podcast. Tara, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Today we are talking about coming out stories. It is October. It's very exciting that we're in October. Where has the year gone? But apart from that, October's coming out month. So I'm doing this two series podcast on coming out books. And Tara is my super guest for both of those episodes. Today we're looking at the first in sort of a section of of types of coming out stories, which is, oh wow, I think I'm gay. So this encompasses young people coming out or older people coming out. Let's talk about coming out. Tara, do you think it's important that when people come out, they use the, the lesbian label per se? No, because not everybody is a lesbian, which I mean, I can say as having come out as bisexual. <laughs> but at the same time, I also think it's okay to not know the label that you want to use. Like when you're just figuring out that you're not straight, that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to grapple with. And I think the actual label is one of the less important things, depending on the person, maybe it is important. I know for me, there was a while when I really struggled to figure out what is that label. There was a while when I wondered like, am I actually gay? And I was like, well, no, I'm still, you know, quite happily married and attracted to my husband and was pansexual the right label. And it's like, well, technically it might be more correct, but it felt like a weird shirt that I was trying to put on. And it was quite a while before I felt like I, I landed on the right one. So I like when we can find coming out stories that show that same tension or um, that show people grappling with trying to figure out what fits because it's kind of one of those things that means nothing and everything all at the same time. Absolutely. An interesting part of you and I being the hosts of this particular series is that I came out when I was in my 20s, but I was already having that discussion with myself from quite a young age, from about 13 or so. I was already asking myself, you know, am I a lesbian? You can listen to my own personal coming out story on the channel, but so I don't want to go into that, but it, I was grappling with that for years. But your coming out happened later in your life. Mm-hmm. I was probably 32 or 33. Yeah, I was, I was probably about 33. And there was those first months where it was just me kind of smacking my head against that wall um, with Neil helping me out a lot. And it was kind of one of those like gradually letting in a couple of friends at a time, reaching out to friends from university who I had known were queer and kind of getting to where it's at the point like I'm 40 now and I can you know it's very easy to talk to anybody about it to internalize this the fact that you are not the label you thought you were or the label that you and I'm putting this in inverted commas should be this the straight that everybody feels like is normal and I put normal in inverted commas too because it's such bs but 
that internal discovery is, I think, the longest part of the journey for a lot of people. So, and it takes years. It's not like a, oh, I'm gay, boom, kind of space. No. And I think, like, for me, the hardest thing was that I didn't ever want to actually bring it up and have the conversation with my parents because they are evangelical Christians. My dad was a deacon in a Baptist church for many years. And so I kind of took the passive aggressive route of just posting things on Facebook. <laughs> until finally one day my mom noticed and we had the conversation and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be um it was uncomfortable and she asked some questions that I don't think she understood were wildly offensive but it was fine and it's to where now so we're recording this around uh pride time in Calgary and the company that I work for makes a pretty big deal out of it and you know they marched in the parade and they announced that they're doing new initiatives to make sure that everybody really feels like they belong so that anybody can use any washroom that fits with their preferred gender they're going to be setting up um, gender neutral washrooms like that kind of stuff which i thought was really cool and so i actually sent an email to the ceo and our vp of people which is like what would be called hr in any other normal company <laughs> just really thanking them for creating this incredibly inclusive space because when I started working there I mean you and I were friends and you remember how I looked I like to joke that that was my Mormon cousin because I had such a kind of boring style um but because of the kind of company I worked at I was able to really explore what I wanted my gender representation my or sorry what I wanted my gender expression to be figuring out that it is this like androgynous gender queer kind of that's where I feel comfortable and because I'd had so many conversations before and we've done the Ask a Bisexual podcast and I've told my story so many times, I was able to come out to my CEO <laughs> and like the head, of, the head of HR at the company just so that I could say, what you guys are doing is working and it matters because it lets people feel like they belong. And I couldn't have done that when I started. Your company accepting gay people and it not being a thing or, or bisexual people or... Jeez, the the non-gendered uh, bathrooms is huge. Huge. Well, we have at least one person that I know... that Just that I know of who is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. So I think it's fantastic that they're going to be able to use whatever bathroom they want and it's not going to have to be that kind of attention. And trans people as well i mean it, it'll make a huge difference to them and yeah butch woman yes but we're getting a little sidetracked here books we're actually talking about books <laughs> today <laughs> and we're recommending four books that fit into the oh wow i think i'm gay category which i just like saying because it's kind of fun to say it is i think it's still important for us to tell coming out stories to tell these stories to read these books to have the representation because people are still struggling with coming out so yes, while companies like yours are, are, are doing amazing things, it's still groundbreaking that they are doing it. It's not the norm yet. No, especially not in Calgary where I live. And I do think it's kind of interesting if you look at lesbian and lesbian romance and kind of like where it started and the trajectory that it's on. There was a while when most of the stories were coming out stories. And I love that as a genre, we've 
been able to kind of get past that. But at the same time, I totally agree with you. Like the stories are still necessary. So I'm happy that some authors are still doing them, even if they're doing them maybe a little differently than they would have done them before. Which brings me to my very first pick, which is a young adult novel called Girl Squad by Kim Hoover. So Bella Books brought this out, um, I think it was last year, maybe this year. Maybe last year. It was either this year or last year. And <laughs> <laughs> it's got Definitely this... one of them. <laughs> my... <laughs> yes, definitely one of them. This is where my Swiss cheese brain kicks in. Uh, the cover is this bright pink cover with these white sort of silhouettes of girls on them. Okay. If I had honestly seen this cover, I probably wouldn't have picked it up because the cover looks like uh, a teen romance type thing which it absolutely is not it's in fact a really interesting layered story that revolves predominantly around a mystery so here is the synopsis a lazy small town summer in 1970s texas turns treacherous when cal long's mother goes missing cal and her best friend rachel along with a sophisticated new friend jane use every trick in their teenage arsenal to get to the bottom of the mystery Along the way, Kel is drawn to Jane in a way she never felt before, while Rachel struggles to understand her best friend's new attraction. From Amarillo to Paolo Duro Canyon to Fort Worth and back, the girls puzzle through the connections surrounding the mystery of Kel's mother's disappearance. But their shocking discoveries are soon eclipsed by the explosive consequences of Kel's surrender to her feelings for Jane. Girl Squad is the story of friendship, betrayal, passion, awakening, and ultimately the story of transformation. That is actually a really good synopsis for exactly what it's about. It's a fantastic coming-of-age story. The mystery is really great. The fact that it's set in the 70s is so much fun because there's so much like ambience from the time period involved. And all in all, I just love the story. So why it's, it's part of my coming-out stories is because Cal has to come to terms with the fact that she is falling for the new girl in town. Jane in amongst you know trying to figure out where her mother's gone and all the like danger and mystery surrounding that uh I have not read it but I think that's especially interesting too because it was in the 1970s where it still wasn't necessarily safe or okay for people to be gay so that's a hard kind of time and place it's not like she would have had role models to look up to or celebrities or there probably weren't people in her life who she'd be able to really talk to about it. So that would be really hard. And it was. Uh, the the representation from that point of view was great. But what I really liked about this is her friend, um, her best friend, who uh, they were like peas in a pod, really came to terms with it quite easily and really stuck by her side, which I... I thought it was a really nice fresh take on it. So she wasn't completely isolated. It was just the adults being dumb, which was cool. That sounds good. It is good. And I encourage everyone to read it. And I feel really sad by how few Amazon reviews it has. All right, people. You know what to do. Get this book. Ignore the cover. Read (laughs) it and review it. (laughs) The thing is, I don't really like young adult novels that much because I find the stories overly simplistic. But this story had a lot of layers. It was quite complex. I enjoyed the mystery element of it. I enjoyed the coming out. Yeah, I would absolutely say as an adult, go read this book. It's great. 
Um, okay, so my first book is The Space Between by Michelle L. Teichman, which is also a YA romance. I am torn between reading the official blurb, which is actually very well written, but is missing an important element, and the synopsis that Brooklyn and or I wrote for our review, which is written okay, but has that important element. Well, how about you read the this official synopsis and then tell us what the important element is. All right. The official synopsis is, <laughs> everything's great for Harper Isabel, the most popular girl in grade nine. That is, until she meets Sarah Jameson. Sarah is a reclusive artist, a loner who wears black makeup and doesn't have any friends, but for some reason, Harper can't stop thinking about her. Sarah isn't used to people looking at her, especially popular girls like Harper Isabel. Scared, religious, and unsure of herself, when Sarah begins to realize that her feelings for Harper might go beyond friendship, she is afraid to take the plunge and tell Harper how she feels. Emotions build between these young women until they both reach their breaking points, and they need to make a choice about coming to terms with who they really are and what they can and cannot live without. The thing that is not mentioned is that Harper also dates Sarah's twin brother. So that's kind of an interesting element to it, too, because they're sort of, I think they're sort of like both figuring out their queerness, like, Harper is bi, but at the same time, there is sort of that, like, is she going to stay with the brother or is she going to get the girl? Well, she gets the girl because it's a romance. So, you know, happy endings. That's how that goes. Um, This was a book that I found difficult to read, but also affirming to read because while it was very different from my situation, like we said, I came out in my 30s, there was a lot that I really identified with. Sarah's dad is a pastor at an evangelical church, much like the churches that I grew up in. And it was very easy to identify with all those extra restrictions that her family put on her as an evangelical girl. It's not a comfortable or easy situation to be figuring out that you're queer and so I just felt uncomfortable because I could see some of the stuff that I could recognize in myself in retrospect like yeah okay I came out in my 30s but like obviously when when I look back at my life it's like oh I was attracted to that girl and that girl and that one and that one and these two boys (laughs) thank goodness for these two boys that let me say to myself that I'm straight because there's no way that would have flown in my church and my church was exactly like her church So I think that especially for kids in evangelical families and churches, this is a really, really important book because it's the kind of book that's going to help them see that they are not alone, that this is a thing that definitely happens to other people like them and that it's okay. And that, you know what, maybe they are going to find love and that's going to be okay too. This is not a book that ends up with Sarah in conversion therapy or anything like that, which again is so important. So if there's um, a kid in your life who is churched and you think is likely queer and maybe needs a story like this, I would highly recommend it. And the thing is, you still get those kids who are queer in their evangelical sort of church space and they do need these stories Mm -hmm. yeah i think my life 
probably would have been very different if I had had access to stories like these, but I mean, I, I don't regret anything. It's just different paths. If it can help a few of these kids, then it's going to have done its job. Agreed. You're listening to The Lesbian Talk Show. TheLesbianTalkShow.com, your hub of podcast information. Okay, my next one is Hidden Truths by Jay. It's not, uh, it's kind of like a more a new adult book, I think, than a young adult book. Because the, the main characters are at the age where they're starting to, to think about moving out of the house and, and starting their own kind of careers. And I say that in inverted commas because... I don't know if it really applies because it's a historical, too. It's hard to say. Well, it is about very young people falling in love. Mm-hmm. And coming out. And what I, why I chose this one is because the coming out was so difficult for the main character. I think she was harder on herself than most characters I've ever read about in coming out stories. The poor girl. Okay, so the synopsis is actually a big lie. <laughs> so I'm going to rather read. We don't like liars around here. <laughs> well, the synopsis focuses on, on the half of the story that isn't the most interesting. Oh, so, is it Luke and Nora? It's like, hey, you love Luke yes. and Nora, come back for them. And then you read the book and it's like, they were there for 10 hot minutes. What was that about? <laughs> Exactly. Well, no, they were okay. They were in there for for twenty twenty, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes <laughs> for about half the book. They were there, but they really weren't the main thrust of the story. They were kind of like a side, a side story. Okay, so I'm going to read the synopsis that either you and or Brooklyn wrote <laughs> <laughs> when you two of you reviewed it. Okay. Hendrika has nothing left after her best friend Johanna dies and she loses her job and is kicked out of the boarding house she's been living in. Nothing left that is but the ticket from Boston to Oregon that Joe was sent by a man expecting his mail order bride. With nothing but her meager belongings in a carpet bag and trepidation for taking a dead woman's place at a stranger's side, she hops on the train to begin her journey. You wrote this. I can tell by the writing. I did. Nora and Luke Hamilton have made a good life for themselves. Their daughters are grown and the ranch is making quite a bit of money. From the outside, they're a perfect family, but you can't judge a book by its cover. Everyone has a secret. Luke, Nora and their children, Amy and Natty and Hendrika, have all told lies out of love or necessity. Eventually, the truth will come out. And that is a much more accurate <laughs> and better synopsis, frankly. So the reason that I say the, in the synopsis on Amazon is a lie is because Hidden Truths is the second book in a, in the series, if you like. Backwards to Oregon is the first book. So what the, the publisher did is because Backwards to Oregon was such a massive hit, they went and, and focused more on the characters from Backwards to Oregon when actually they're more side characters in Hidden Truths. Whereas their children, because this happened 17 years after the first book, it's their children that's the main thrust of the story, particularly Hendrika, who is the male order bride to Finn, who's a, a farmhand on Luke and Nora's ranch, and Luke and Nora's daughter, Amy, and the romance between the two of them. Did that make sense? 
Yep. Okay, good. So now I love this book because Amy, who's the daughter, is this amazingly written character and she beats herself up for having these unnatural feelings because her only role models are her father and her mother. Father in quotes. (laughs) Uh, The father in quotes because Luke, who's her father, is actually a woman pretending to be a man, which is a whole other trope we love. And I'm pretty sure we've discussed backwards to Oregon in a previous podcast before. So Amy's so hard on herself and she doesn't know that Luke's actually a woman. And she is tearing her, her heart to pieces because she, she doesn't understand why she's having these unnatural feelings for this woman. And so Luke has to out herself as a woman to her daughter in order to help her with her feelings. I don't think that's a spoiler. Is that a spoiler? Like a little one. I don't think it's a that that big of a spoiler. It's a really interesting story from that perspective because I don't think I've ever read anything quite like it in Lesvik. Coming out of everyone. Everyone has to come out in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! So, yeah. But you read it. You like it. It's good. Yeah, totally. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. There we go. Terry recommends it. I recommend it. So why are you still listening to this podcast and not buying this book? This is the question. Because there's one more book for them to hear about. And then they can buy that one too. There we go. And that book is The London of Us by Claire Lydon. And I am going to read the synopsis that I wrote because the official one says almost nothing. So... Which is why we write our own synopses for our reviews. So many blurbs are lies. And I, I, I do get it because they're often written before the book is written for whatever reason. Because they have to like build covers and stuff. But whatever. Uh, we give you synopses that are not lies. So the one for The London of Us is... Alice DeSanto's life is perfect on paper. Her boyfriend Jake is thoughtful, kind, and ridiculously handsome. You know, marriage material. They have a popular YouTube series that they do with their friend Rachel. Alice's job as a teacher is great too, and she's about to head into her well-deserved summer holidays. There's one major problem, though. Alice can't stop thinking and dreaming about Rachel. Alice always thought she was straight and never had any reason to question her sexuality before, but each day her feelings intensify until she knows that something has to change. Can she tell everyone that her life is going to go way off script? This was a really fun book, and I thought it was going to be like... A massive angst bomb and it's actually not which is i mean there there is angst to it um but it's not like i don't know like overblown or overdone or anything like that it's told in the first person from alice's perspective and so we really get to see into her full journey of understanding and accepting her sexuality and when i say full journey i mean like that first kind of phase is she's falling in love with Rachel because we know it's you know it's a it's kind of a journey in a relationship that continues well past that point for most people and when we were talking about people grappling with labels this is a perfect example of that Alice didn't immediately jump to the conclusion that she's a lesbian she's really kind of trying to figure out what it means for her she knows that she's into Rachel I also appreciated that she didn't just say oh it's just Rachel. I'm straight, but it's just this one person because that's occasionally frustrated me in books too, where 
it's almost like there's this refusal to accept that a character maybe could be bi. Like, to, why, why can't we explore that possibility? So she definitely does in this one. I think Leiden did a great job handling that. And, you know, there are some, some tough feelings because Jake is really, like, he's so lovely. He really is kind of the perfect boyfriend. And there is nothing wrong with him. Like, there's just nothing wrong at all. She's just supposed to be with Rachel. And that has very real consequences for her life because she really thought she was going to marry this guy. Her family thought she was going to marry this guy. And so she has to have some kind of tough conversations. And there's also, like, it's a friends to lovers story. So there is also a certain amount of risk to her friendship with Rachel because there is that, like, can our friendship survive this? So... If you like Claire Lydon and you haven't read this one yet, you will like this book. If you like romantic comedies, you will also like this book because it has that fun, witty British humor. And I'm done. <laughs> I don't know how else to wrap that up. I like that we have, we've chosen four books with very different coming out stories, but where the coming out is the main thrust of each one. So it's almost like, a nice representation of coming out because not everybody's story is the same. Yes, that's definitely true. So, yay us! We did it! <laughs> in two weeks' time, you will hear part two of this fabulous series in which we talk about books that are, Oh no, I think I'm gay! Which is different to today's podcast, which is about, Oh wow, I think I'm gay! So, it's entirely <laughs> different <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> so, stay tuned for that. Yep. Tara, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. All right. So, people can find you where? They can find my reviews on The Lesbian Review, at Lambda Literary, at Smart Bitches Trashy Books. They can also come find me on Twitter at Tara M. D. Scott. And if there's a kind of book you're looking for, you can ask me there. I'm happy to give recommendations. And lots of people ask her and lots of times she gives great recommendations. We've also got a tag for coming out stories, which I will post in the show notes. So you can go and find like all the coming out stories that we've reviewed. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. You can find this and other awesome shows by searching for the Lesbian Talk Show anywhere you get your podcasts. We're even on Spotify now. You can find more information about the books that we chatted about in the show notes, including Biolix. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want to see us creating more awesome content, then consider becoming a patron. Not only does this mean we can keep on doing this, but you will get exclusive podcasts that do not appear on the main channel. Find out all about it on patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show. The link is in the show notes.